Welcome to episode 157 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. In this episode, I'm going to answer the Ask BIT question. When the school demands 100% of your time and energy, and so does your husband, and so does your family, and all you want to do is run away to the hills, what do you do? Where do you start? I dove so deep into this question, and I cannot wait to share my answer with you inside. Let's dive in. Hey there, I'm Amber Harper, former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach, dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend. And I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward to a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book, build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom, and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers. And you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher Podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you're about to take your next best step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Let's dive in. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you need someone in your life who can help to push you through challenging situations, heal from past trauma, or help you change your mindset and perspective, BetterHelp can assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm a full-time teacher and a teacher burnout coach, not a licensed therapist. Sometimes your needs are deeper than what I can offer you as someone who is using their experience and success with beating burnout to support other teachers. And that's okay. BetterHelp is professional therapy done securely online, available for everyone worldwide with weekly video or phone sessions and timely and thoughtful text-based check-ins and responses from your therapist all throughout the week if that's something you need. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional online therapy, and financial aid is available. Go to www.betterhelp.com slash burnedinteacher to sign up and check out all of the testimonials. And if you sign up, you get 10% off your first month by using my link. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash burnedinteacher. You'll get 10% off your first month with our promo code BURNEDINTEACHER. That's all one word. Burn on. Well, hey there. Welcome in to episode 157 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. I'm so excited that you're here to listen to my response to this very, very challenging question. But before I dive into my answer, I want to remind you, 
you can find the Burned In Teacher podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And don't hesitate to connect with me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, any of the social medias at Burned In Teacher. And of course, on the newest platform, Teachers Pay Teachers. This has been such a long time coming and I'm so excited to share resources that will help you to take even one step forward for yourself. All of the resources are centered around the Burned In Teacher process and are specifically built for different burnout types. So go to teacherspayteachers.com slash store slash burned dash in dash teacher or you can just search burned in teacher and I will show up as a seller. I'm so excited for you to see the ever-growing library of resources that I'm building inside of TPT. I also want to let you know that any reviews and ratings really help other teachers who are struggling to find this podcast. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review anywhere that you have found the podcast and on any episode that you have found that specifically speaks to you. I would love to hear your thoughts about the podcast. I also love to hear comments and DMs from all of you who are finding me on Instagram or TikTok um, or are in the Burned In Teacher Podcast Facebook community. Those are all free places that you and I can connect, get to know each other. And I had this really sweet comment from one of the Burned In Teacher Podcast community members. Um, She said, I love this so much. I'm a second year teacher and I've been listening to your podcast for six months now. And last year was tough. But your podcast helped me a lot. You truly are an inspiration for teachers. Keep up the great work. So this was a comment um, in reference to my Facebook Live that I did um, at the time of this recording. It was last week when I was really just really struggling. And I am happy to report that I am doing much better. The talking has helped. It's opened a lot of conversations, a lot of different perspectives. And as I knew would happen, I'm climbing out of that um, that negative space that I was sort of stuck in for a couple of days, which is normal, right? Like not everything is going to be perfect every day. So I just wanted to update all of you who listened to last week's podcast episode um, where I shared, you know, why I'm choosing not to struggle in silence. This is exactly why. I'm okay. I know I'm going to be okay. The last few days with my kids have been great. We've had, you know, some challenging moments but I know they're just moments they're just tiny seasons in this you know this time that we have together and my perspective has been so much better <laughs> because I was able to you know be honest and and talk through um, and process what what I've been going through personally and professionally so let's dive into the question um, that I'm going to answer today from ask bit and if you have a question for me I will answer it on an up- um, upcoming podcast episode. Um, go to burnedinteacher.com slash ask. You can ask via a quick Google form. It's anonymous. You don't have to tell me your name. Um, or you can leave a speak pipe message as some teachers have chosen to do. I would love, love, love to answer your question. So don't be afraid to jump in there and ask me anything about the burned in process, your challenges in your life, anything anything at all, really. Um, and I will answer it on an upcoming Burned In Teacher podcast episode. So with that being said, The question that was asked today is, what do I do when all I want to do is run away from all the demands? I mean, essentially, that's what this teacher asked. And it just, it made me really feel sad because I know exactly what it feels like to be like, I don't even, what, 
what is happening here? Like, I just, I need to get away. I need to just, I wish I could just run away from it all. I have a quick disclaimer here, okay? I do not fully understand the specific situation of of this teacher, nor do I claim to be an expert on running away, all right? But I, I did, you know, I did some research to make sure that, you know, I was very clear on, you know, what these, I'm not a therapist, you know, I'm not, I'm not a depression expert. I am a teacher who is speaking from my own burnout experience, and I'm teaching you what I have learned through my own research and my own experiences, how I've pulled myself out of burnout, how I've returned to teaching twice, and I'm now thriving in this work. And if you need professional help, I encourage you to get it. You know, um, I am an affiliate with betterhelp.com and I am an advocate for therapy, counseling. Um, and in this case, and I'm going to go here too, and in this case, maybe marriage counseling. You know, if you are feeling like you are expected to give 100% and do 100% of the work um, with a partner at home, who is maybe not sharing some of the demands of raising a family, that's something that I really want to encourage all of you out there to really document as far as, you know, how is it that we can start to work together to share these responsibilities? And if your partner or spouse is not willing to do that, that is something that, you know, you may have to take an extra step there. That is also not something in my wheelhouse. I also have to make sure that I am very clear about this too. The person who um, submitted this question, they submitted so anonymously, but they did say they were from New Delhi, India. So I want to make sure that I am being sensitive to the fact that I have a, a very, I'm lacking in fully understanding weddings in India. I do know that they vary according to the region, the religion, the community, and the personal preferences of the bride and groom. Um and I don't want anybody to think that I'm going to answer this question with 100% certainty that you are, you know, in a position to carry um, any or all of what I suggest, okay? Like like carrying those things out. So I want, if you feel unsafe in any way, I really encourage you, you, you know, whoever asked this question and anyone listening to seek professional help and to let a trusted friend or family member know that you feel you are in a dangerous situation. I don't know where you know I don't know your specific situations I don't know your relationships but I felt like this was something I needed to make sure that I address is that I never know you know from some of these vague or more vague questions um, what the reality of of that person is and so I just want to make sure that you all understand that I'm speaking from um, my own experience here and my own research so diving into the answer what this first reminds me of when I read it, was something I learned a long time ago about the human stress response, okay? The fight, flight, or freeze response. So this is obviously, you know, something that I think that we learned. I learned this back in high school, I believe. Um, So this is obviously how the body responds to perceived threats. It's what keeps us alive, keeps us safe, and helps us to um, survive dangerous situations or potentially dangerous situations, right? So it's an involuntary uh, reaction that we all react differently to stress. Um, and it involves a number of uh, physiological changes that help someone to prepare to either fight um, or eliminate the danger, flee, um, which is obviously like running away, getting out, or freeze, which, you know, you're like immobile. Like you can't, you can't move. You're so scared. There is a fourth option I'm learning, which I hadn't really thought about before, which is like fawning. Okay, so there's fight, flee, freeze, or fawn. So this is like either appeasing the situation, 
we're trying to keep the threat um, at bay by appeasing them. Or it could also include like um, fawning is like fainting, like you're so scared that you pass out, right? So I want to make sure too that you understand there's no right or wrong way to behave during that, that human stress response. Like your body is going to react naturally. You can, of course, start to pay more attention and become more aware of your human stress response. Um, But there are things that people can do to reverse that response, like I said. So like you can teach yourself how to calm down. So uh, this is something that I teach my students in my classroom, like ways that they can um, pay attention to how they're feeling and decide what their next steps are to help them to think more clearly about their next step, okay? So I write about this a little bit in Hacking Teacher Burnout on page 32. So I want to read this page here to you. With all we have to do as teachers every day, we sometimes slip into survival mode. And surviving, quote unquote, the day has become a common statement in our classrooms and schools. When you're merely surviving, you don't have the mindset or energy to think about what you might be doing instead. You don't have the time or energy to think about being proactive. Proactivity takes time, thought, planning, and our brains are hardwired to do the safest and most conservative thing when faced with a hardship or a challenging decision. That means that we often take the easier path when given a choice between two options. For instance, when we're at a crossroads between A, complaining about a hardship and settling for things the way they are, or B, actively doing something different to change our situation, Our brains typically tell us to complain and continue business as usual because it burns fewer calories, which is also a survival mechanism from our ancestors. So I I wanna let you know that like this response, this feeling of wanting to run away, like that's a normal response. Like this is scary, this is hard, this seems hopeless, I want out of here, okay? What's really important is talking about how we can move through these feelings in a healthy way so that you are setting your your future self up for success and you're setting your students, your administration, your school, your husband, your family, that you are setting everybody up for success. And the next word I'm going to, you know, bring up is something that will come down the line, which is setting boundaries, which is it's healthy for everybody involved. When people know what they can and cannot expect from you or what um, you will or will not tolerate, they know what they should and should not ask of you. And they know what they need to do in order to support what you need. Okay. So there are um, a couple of suggestions that I have here, okay? So obviously, like I've already sort of alluded to, you know, I don't know what what this um, what this teacher means when they say that their husband expects 100% and their family expects 100%. Like you can't be expected to do 300%. You only have 100% to give and some of that has to go to you. <laughs> so, um, so first of all, making sure that you are in a safe place. So if you if it's possible, try to go somewhere that feels less threatening or overwhelming. So this could mean simply going outside and getting a breath of fresh air if you're feeling especially overwhelmed or threatened. Um, finding somewhere quiet, somewhere that's less crowded. And let me say this too. I'm going to take this to another level. That if you are working in a school that expects you to give 100% of your life to it and you, they have made that statement and they are proving uh, and showing you that that's what they expect – I don't know that this is the best place for you. 
if you've had conversations with your school, if you try to do different things in order to feel like you can have a life outside of school and they are making it impossible, it might be um, the best choice for you to make a decision to explore going to a different school, a different grade level, a different building, different district. You know, I don't know what they call them over there in New Delhi, but um, hopefully you have that privilege of choice um, of where you are working so that you are able to lighten your workload, okay? Um, The other thing, and this is sort of, um, this is a quick fix, but it's not going to produce long-term results. But slowly breathing, like taking deep breaths, those, um, I've talked about them on the podcast before, those four square breaths, so four counts in, hold it for four counts, let it out for four counts, hold it for four counts, and then repeat. So it sounds something like this. That slows down your breathing, your heart rate. You're able to think more clearly, okay? Um, the other thing is getting up and moving, getting up and stretching. I do this all the time. This is another quick fix. It will not change the reality that you're living in, but it will help you feel better about getting some clarity on where you are in the exact moment. So moving around, having some physical activity, going for a walk, maybe maybe doing yoga or meditation if that's something that, you know, is is in your life that helps you to feel better, making that movement a priority when you're feeling especially stressed is going to be important for you here, all right? Now, if now I've done many podcast episodes on, you know, what it is that you can do to manage your time better, but I I can't help but sort of go to this place where you have to advocate for yourself. So I've already kind of alluded to that with your school, like sitting down and having a conversation. Oh, and hopefully you've already done that. If you haven't, it's time for you to start clearing your own plate. Um, I don't do everything that's asked of me the way that it's asked to be done. I don't. There are things that I take off my plate or that I, you know, quote unquote, quietly quit. Um, Not to be insubordinate, not to be disrespectful, but just because When everything is important, nothing is important. And there are certain things that are more important than others. And um, there are things that I sort of rush through because I know that I have to do them, but they're not going to help my students to be more successful. So I go quickly. Like I'm just being really honest with you here, okay? I, you know, I am a very respectful, positive teammate and, and, you know, employee of my school and my district. Um, but there's no possible way to do everything 100%. It's just not real. It's not realistic. Um, so I want you to seek social support in your school and I want you to see what other teachers are doing to take things off of their plates or possibly share some of the responsibilities. Okay. That will produce long-term results and you will feel like maybe you're not giving 100% to your school. All right. So simply sitting down with someone, asking for help, asking them what they would do in this situation. And outside of that, you've got to have conversations with your partner. Um, I know Jeff and I many times when I'm feeling the most frustrated, it's because I have not shared with him something that's bothering me that I know that we need to sit down and have a conversation about. And it's because I don't like confrontation. Like I, I don't. But 
it it's healthy for both of us for him to know where I stand and where I'm feeling overwhelmed and what I need to not feel that way. And I am very lucky that I have a supportive husband who helps me with housework and running our daughter from place to place and we we have a very shared household, you know, as far as our responsibilities and our expectations for helping each other out. You know, my husband is in education too. We are both very, very busy people. And I hope that everybody else has that um, experience, but I know that might not be everybody's reality. But the way that we have gotten to the place that we've gotten is because we have honest conversations with each other. And we're not afraid to now, you know, talk about what it is that we need from one another in order to feel at our best. Um, I don't know what you mean as far as your family, if you're talking about, you know, like your extended family or your biological family, or if, you know, like your family and your home, like your kids. But this is something else that is hard to do, but it's going to have to start with a conversation that you're having with your family about how you are feeling and what they can do to help you feel differently. When you're setting boundaries like this with family members or friends, um, or even at your school for that matter, if you need to build a boundary with another teacher or your administrator, make it about how you're feeling and tell them what you need or ask them to help you to understand. Um, Instead of leading these conversations with you always or you never, that's only going to make the the other party feel attacked and they're going to get defensive. And I'm not going to lie to you. If you've never set boundaries before and you start to set boundaries, you are going to ruffle some feathers and that's okay. And you might not. You might not ruffle feathers. You might not um you might not upset anybody. But the fact is, you might. And if that happens, it's not about you. It's about them. They have gotten comfortable with a certain way of doing things or not doing things and you're asking for a change. And change is hard. Change is hard. And if for you the hard change is advocating for yourself and talking about what you need, I want to encourage you to do it anyway. It's through these uncomfortable conversations where you are stating how you feel and you're asking for what you need where real change will begin to happen. It might not happen right away, but trust me, it will happen. And it's all going to begin and end with you and your decision to do something you've never done before in order to get different results. So here's what I want you to do. And for you listeners out here who've been around for a while, you've probably heard me say this before. If you're feeling overwhelmed at school, I want you to do a big brain dump of everything that you're being asked to do at school. And then I want you to start thinking about what it is you can cross off that list and what is the highest priority. What are the things you literally have to get done in order for your classroom to run? Okay. Um, And then, of course, I went through in episode, I believe, 155, that list of seven things that you need to do in order to take things off of your plate when you're feeling overwhelmed. I, I really encourage you to go check out that episode. Then I want you to do the same thing for your husband. So if your husband expects you to be at your 100%, what does that look like? Write it all down. What does he expect you to give 100% to? Because that's where you can sit down and talk with him. You've done some, you know, research. You've done your thinking. You've done your brain dumping. And now you can talk to him about how you can share some of these responsibilities or eliminate them or delegate them to somebody else or just don't do them anymore at all. The third thing is your family. 
Write down all the things that your family is expecting of you and then do the same thing. Sit down and have a conversation with your family. Let them know how you're feeling and what you need. So a couple of things are going to happen here. Number one, you getting all of those things out of your head and onto paper might make you feel better. Might not be as bad as what your lizard brain is telling you, okay? That lizard brain that I'm talking about is that part of our brain that makes things seem very extreme when sometimes they're not. Okay. The other thing that's going to happen is you're going to see clearly where you're coming from and you're going to be able to better verbalize how you're feeling and what you need help with when you sit down with the people that you need to set some boundaries with or just have a constructive, proactive conversation on how they can help you to not want to run for the hills. Now, hopefully the results that you'll get from doing this practice, from doing your brain dump, doing some kind of processing through what you've listed, and then sitting down and having these conversations. This could go several ways. That is not for me to know, but you are going to find out who is going to support you through your next step and who is not. And my hope is that they are supportive, and if they're not, then you have to make the decision on if these relationships, including your school, including your husband, including your family, where some hard changes may have to happen. And that is definitely out of my wheelhouse, but I just want to let you know that for the sake of your own well-being and for you to make the best out of this one life that you have, you're going to have to surround yourself with builder uppers, people who are willing to lift you up when you're feeling down. And you are feeling down and you need to be lifted up. So I really encourage you to do the work that I've just asked you to do. This is hard stuff, y'all. Like it's, this is deep. Um, But I know that you can do it, but that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. I would love to continue this conversation inside of the Burned In Teacher Podcast Facebook community at facebook.com slash groups slash Burned In Teacher. I'm sure that you all, you know, have some maybe experience or perspective to share on this question. And I can't wait to hear what you have to share. All right, everybody, take a deep breath. You just took another step to becoming a burned-in teacher. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of burned-in teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned-out teacher to burned-in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher Podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Burn on.